Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Thank you for joining us. Coming up on Our Conversations Matter is the Cora Moxie Show with Dr. DeVita Francois. Dr. Francois earned her Ph.D. in community psychology, and she contends that no two communities are the same and therefore should not be measured as such. Listen to her show anytime on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. Entrepreneurs rocking, you know it. We've got shout outs to several business owners. First, do you need a notary? Then Miss Yvette Jones is available wherever you are in the Chicagoland area. Miss Jones is a mobile notary and you can reach her at 312-593-8901. She is licensed and bond and serves Chicago and surrounding areas. Call her at 312-593-8901. And that's not all. Will you be in the Chicagoland area on Saturday, May 25th? Well, you should certainly be in attendance at the Bold Business Brunch, hosted by Ms. Latoya Underwood. This extreme marketing and branding workshop will take your business to the next level. Time, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Location, 2144 West Van Buren Street. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search for Bold Business Brunch. We've been supporting small business owners since 2008. Both Chicago's Black Business Network and Chicago's Black Business Radio Network have, from the very beginning, been dedicated to keeping the memory of Mayor Harold Washington on the minds and in the hearts of our people. How do you remember Harold? Stay tuned for Our Conversations Matter. Sonia Cassandra Purdue, Executive Producer. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. In this segment of our our Conversations Matter, again, I am Dr. Davida Francois of the Cora Moxie Show. Today is going to be another show chocked with information on community financial institution alternatives. And this is there's one primarily uh one institution that primarily serves the south side of Chicago. And because of its um of its work here on the south side, we'd like to make sure that we bring this this information to um to the public's attention because we still see that currency exchanges still exist and are vibrant. Now, I don't want, I didn't want to believe that people still use them, but I, I'm possibly, possibly I'm wrong. Um, however, some years ago, I do remember that there was a group, a community group, that found their core moxie and, to, and decided to do something about the predatory fees that were being charged to those that were considered unbanked or unbankable. Hence, the Southside Community Federal Credit Union was born. So today we have the founding president and CEO joining us, and um, he'll tell us a little bit more about what the Southside Community Federal Credit Union does and um, what they have done to help us all find our core moxie. His name is Mr. Greg Brown. He's founding CEO of the Southside Community Federal Credit Union. Mr. Brown had worked in community banking for numerous years before joining the Southside Community Federal Union. And he's also a product of an HBCU, particularly a Morehouse man. 
So with that as part of his background, he has had an, ingra- had an ingrained sense of commitment and awareness of tools required for empowering black communities. Through collaborative partnerships to create and build upon economic self-sufficiency, Mr. Brown contends that we can't say we love and value community, but all of our investments are going somewhere else. So without further ado, good morning, Mr. Brown. I'm happy to be here with us this morning. Good morning, Dr. Francois. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's get right to it. So, Mr. Brown, I remember years ago, I think in the late 90s, um, when you and a number number of other uh, community groups uh, were working around finding other ways of uh, creating financial institutions in the black community. And at that time, you were working at another uh, local community black-owned bank. It seemed like you had already understood the nuances and the flavor of the need for uh, for, that, for this community in particular back then, or the black community uh, overall. And I read somewhere uh, where there were se- several years of legal work, surveys, feasibility studies, and a solid business plan and lots of community organize, or organizing. So I have a two-part question here. What's the difference between a credit union and a bank? And then what does it mean to be unbanked or unbankable? Sure. So just to give you a little backdrop before uh answer those uh, specific questions, um, Southside Community Federal Credit Union, we, we've been in business since – 2003, uh, it started out, as you alluded to, by a group of community organizers uh, comprising um, local residents, um, business owners, uh, attorneys, uh, and, um, and with input from the entire community at large. We serve 39 uh, communities on, on the south side of Chicago. Uh, we just happen to be the only uh, community-owned and operated uh, community credit union uh, in the state of Illinois. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and my background, of course, of over 30 years of uh, banking with community-owned financial institutions, I came out of Illinois Service Federal, which is was the oldest uh, black-owned and operated financial institution in Chicago. So the organizers of the credit union, uh, this this team of um, visionaries that I would refer to them, them as, saw the value in establishing a financial institution that was sensitive to the needs of the community. Um, there are a lot of uh, folks that were going to currency exchanges to do their banking and pay their loan stores to get their loans. So we took the surveys and... Um, and, and discovered that uh, you, people would be better suited to keep their money in a financial institution and save that three to four hundred dollars a month that they would pay currency exchanges to uh, cash their checks. So um, we're we're a full service financial institution that enables people to have an alternative to uh, a lot of the uh, predatory lenders in the community as well as um uh you know currency exchanges that that charge high fees 
credit unions in general are uh, like banks are um, uh, offer savings accounts, checking accounts, certificates of deposits, and a host of loans. There are some distinct differences between the two. Credit unions are uh, not-for-profit. They're mission-driven, whereas banks are for-profit. Credit unions are owned and managed by their members. So you can open an account at, the, of a, at a credit union and become a member owner, which means you have a say uh, in the management or any new products that you would want to see the uh, credit union offer. And you can vote for the board of directors. You can run for the board of directors, whereas banks are owned by stockholders. So they're managing the bank, first and foremost, to derive a profit for the stockholders. So typically at credit unions, you earn higher rates on savings, lower rates on loans, or little to no fees on basic transactions uh, compared to a bank. Both institutions are regulated by the federal government. Banks are regulated by the Federal Depositors Insurance Corporation, the FDIC. Credit unions are regulated by the National Credit Union Administration. Um, both types of financial institutions offer um, federal depositors insurance up to $250,000 per account ownership. Credit unions well, are made... Yeah, I don't think a lot of people time. knew that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, it, and so you know we work work very hard to remain compliant. Um, we're bound by the same uh, regulations as as the banks for the most part uh, to uh, obtain that uh, the federal depositors and insurance, so that if uh, the institution was to become liquidated. All of our members would be guaranteed their money back. Credit unions are made up of, of people that share a common bond. For example, if you uh, are, are a member of an employer-chartered credit union, say Boeing Airlines, they have a credit union, and you're, you work there, you can become a member of their credit union by virtue of being an employee and uh, they typically extend uh, membership to their family members as well. Then you have the association charter credit unions that are like churches, for example, if you attend uh, Good Shepherd, for example, or Cosmopolitan Church, where they offer credit union uh, services. Fellowship, Missionary Baptist Church is another one. Uh, um, but if you attend that church, you're able to join their credit union uh, we have what you call a community charter. So the common bond of members of a credit union that has a community charter uh, means that if you, you're you eligible for membership, if you live, work, worship, attend school, or are members of an organization within our uh, service area. They refer to service areas as field of membership. So if you have a, if you're a stakeholder within our field of membership, you're eligible to join our credit union by simply uh, opening an account for sixty dollars, and uh, ten dollars goes towards your one-time only membership fee. 
But once you're a member uh, of the credit union, you're a member for life, whether you move or um, outside of the community. But the community charter credit unions are designed to infuse capital in these financial institutions that are reinvested directly back into its members uh, in the form of... Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, you know, because that is one of the questions I was going to ask. What if you happen to move? Do you lose your membership? And, you know, and then, you know, after years of disinvestment, you know, and, of course, you know, over the years there's been numerous banks opening small, you know, pop-up uh, uh, banks in the inner, in the community. Um, I was I was wondering what is that void that really stuck out stuck stuck out that uh let you know that this is a must on the south side it, because i had seen them uh, in churches i'd seen them you know uh i think the CTA, the cta workers have have a credit union and um but i i had never uh well, until you all opened, I had never seen one that was geared toward the community specifically. So my concern was, okay, then what happens if someone opens an account and then they're no longer living in the community, they're no longer even living in the state? What happens? Yeah, so they, they once you're a member, you, you will always be a member. So you we have a lot of folks that, for whatever reason, have moved out of the the community, but they are they're, they maintain their membership here because they uh, are supportive of our, of our mission of community economic revitalization. And so, it is the mm-hmm. depositors' uh, money that funds loans uh, into into the community. And um, yeah, so it, I, I think it is a must that we, um, with all of the different options that are available to us now, you know, as consumers, mm-hmm. um, it, it is important for us to, as as you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, about making uh, meaningful investments in, in our community. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm of the fundamental belief, having been in the industry, you know, all of my work and life, that um that that where whoever has your money has your power and exactly. if we really yeah if we really want to um be self-empowered uh as uh an African American people we have to establish strong economic infrastructure within our communities which means keeping money circulating locally uh, we often talk about how um, in some communities the, the the dollar circulates ten times and and in the black community it's less than two times. Well, uh, most of the time uh, the money gets out of the community at the banking level. So most folks who have direct deposits going into a uh, uh, majority-owned institution, uh, uh, say a uh, 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 institution that's not owned by African Americans, a white bank, you know, um, or anybody they, who lives on the South Side. <laughs> yeah, anybody who lives on the South Side. They, 
<laughs> I mean, they've passed regulations that, that put many of those institutions here. For example, the Community Reinvestment Act mandated a lot of these downtown banks to open up uh, branches in in our communities because they saw they weren't making loans in our communities. Well, the regulation uh, did not uh, give them credit under the Community Reinvestment Act to empower the institutions that were already here, that were Mm -hmm. formed by and for the community that was being served. So Mm -hmm. they came, but they competed. They brought the billion-dollar banks into the community and um, and set up uh, – Brick and mortar, Store right fronts. next door to <laughs> storefronts next yeah. to you know, our banks that, that we owned and operated. Mm-hmm. So nationally, you know, we're it's a it's a fight that we're um, we we've got to do more to reverse this cycle of disinvestment because when you really think in terms of uh, social economic justice, you know, we have to be just. Uh, to ourselves first and foremost. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, y- you know, if all the money's in the downtown banks, but they don't have a history of making us business loans, then mm-hmm. uh, how are we going to revitalize our communities? So the money doesn't circulate like it should because it gets out at the banking level and it's being housed in institutions that don't have a primary mission of serving, uh, you know, low-income communities. Some do a, a, right. a, a, a some do do more than others to uh, make funds available. But if you you think in terms of the value of creating a strong economic base, we've got to right. hold ourselves to a higher degree of accountability our businesses to a higher degree of accountability to banking because the the banks that we own and operate represent the financial heart of the community. So in any body, any type of body, you know, where there is no heart, you know, pumping lifeblood into the, the, the extremities of that body, you know, the natural consequences um, is death, is cardiac arrest. So, um, just being aware of that. I'm not saying to move all your money into the credit union. I like union. that analogy. Yeah, because yeah. it's got to be the financial heart that's, uh, you know, continuing to recycle economic resources into the community for uh, the expansion of local businesses, the um, proliferation of, of housing. Um, and so as I see it, uh, you know, our failure to do so, uh, accelerates the gentrification of our communities because we have to get to the point where we are creating and developing assets, assets in the form of businesses, homes, um, and creating products and services that are sensitive to our needs to um, help us to uh, build wealth and transfer that wealth down to generations to come. Okay. Well, you're listening to Cora Moxie's show with Dr. Davida Francois and Gregory Brown of the Southside Federal, Community Federal Credit Union. And you're here on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, 
where you can visit us at chicagoblackbusinessradionetwork.com to listen at any time. So, Mr. Brown, let's continue on. Um, I have a question here for you. Has the Southside Federal Communities Southside Community Federal Credit Union been able to establish a network of some of the Southside businesses or churches where there appears to be a lot of money passing through. And no matter what the socioeconomic status of the local community is, there seems to be a lot of money passing through. And I would like to know how or if any of the churches are working with you. Because I, I believe that sometimes you do what you do best and, and know when to stay in your lane. And if you're if all the churches are trying to open their own uh, credit union, federal credit unions, then how does that impact you? When and this is just my opinion, I would think that they would all use you and stick to the business of doing church. You know, and and, I'm, and it's and the same thing about about businesses. I would think that businesses in the in the community would also want to use you. So. Has that helped uh, to grow, or has there been any relationship or any network of churches, you know, having this discussion with you? Yes, as a matter of fact, we, we've had some some um, a remarkable degree of success, and uh, many of the local faith-based institutions seeing the value of the credit union and um, supporting us by opening the account. Uh, and referring their congregation members here. Certainly it's not nice. to the degree that uh, we would like to see because uh, we, percentage-wise we, we probably have less than less than 10% of the account mm-hmm. holders uh, of, of, of churches that are active in mm-hmm. our community, banking in our community. And a lot of it is they just don't know that we're here, so we've got to do a better better marketing to reach out to them. Um, and so that's why I'm so grateful and appreciative that uh, you have um, are allowing me to be on your program today, Dr. Francois. Thank you again for having me. Um, because I fundamentally believe, just like the churches, that we all have to be in the savings business. Right. And, and many of the Christian-based churches, they'll tell you, you know um uh about the story of the gospel when remember when Jesus was about twelve years old and he was uh looking uh he was talking to a rabbi and his mother couldn't find him she found him she said jesus where where are you we're looking for you and she she said, Woman, do you not know that I must be about my father's business so being the savior of the world, you know soul salvation mainly uh you know, he he was in the savings business, and if we are to be like Christ, even, and this is the context that I put it in for the churches, that we have to be in the savings business, and so uh, we need a prescription for how to not just save our souls, but how to save our money, because where you save is who you save, and who you bank with is really who you're banking on to save you. I agree, and I I have to say, full disclosure, even I I became a member because, you know, I I just think doing anything outside outside of the community that I live in is unnatural. And so, you know, and I'm just just saying this, that 
you know, I had to become a member. I could not live with myself if I did not become a member of the Southside Federal Credit Union. And I know the work that the community put into making this happen. And I haven't always been bankable, you know. So I'm so just really glad that you're there and and that there was that that kind of vision out there to make it happen so that everybody can be a part of this. And with with a lot of um, you know employers now, they require you to have a bank account for direct deposits, you know. And you know, and, and I often wonder what are people going to do if they don't have an account and they get a new job. Yeah, so and just like what you were saying relative to the uh, being bankable, um, you know, as long as you have two pieces of identification, and uh, you, you can open up a, a bank account, you know, with with the credit union. I mean, you have some people who have who would they, you know, who patronize currency exchanges instead of having a banking relationship, but because. Mm-hmm. Uh, the credit union's business model is not just to offer traditional products and services, but we also offer non-traditional products, services, and programs that are tailor-fitted to our community to um, help people to create these pathways to wealth. There's a correlation between um, poverty and uh, crime. There's a correlation between poverty and poor health, so it stands to reason that um, that we have to work together to uh, to build wealth collectively in, in our community. And it's difficult to do so when our dollars are divided. We're only as strong as our dollars united. And you can measure that fiscal unity by the amount of money that we have in our own financial institutions. So if we really want to be revolutionary um, and unapologetically black, then we have to keep our money in the black community and our black financial institutions where those funds can be um, reinvested in our communities to empower us economically. Okay. So you're listening to the Core Moxie Show with me, Dr. Davida Francois, and the President and CEO, Gregory Brown, with the Southside Community Federal Credit Union. And you can go to www.chicagosblackbusinessradionetwork.com to listen at any time. And feel free to comment online and also leave comments or questions for any follow-up. And back to you, Mr. Brown. Uh, question I ha- another question I have. There's a number of black-owned uh, black-owned banks and financial financial institutions that are closed or in, or are in the process of closing. How is it that you all have been able to remain strong uh, without acquisition or anything? And um, and you know because we're seeing it every day. And so tell me what it is that you all do. I, I realize that you're committed. I think when you're committed to a mission, you, you make it happen. But I'm sure you can go a lot further into helping us to understand how it is that, that you make it happen. Yeah, well, so um, I just, we're, we're, well, one is, uh, well, first and foremost, is by the grace of God that we're still here. It's, it's, 
when when many all of the black banks that were here are gone. We lost Seaway, uh, you know, um, Community Bank of Lawndale, Highland, Drexel, Independence. All of them are gone. So I think it's imperative that we as a community, and this is true for African-American communities nationwide, to really understand the value and importance of banking in our communities because you know we we invest in the dreams and aspirations of our members and so when we make loans we tell people look if you don't pay us back you hurt our chances of helping somebody else in the community so there's it's due primarily to the loyalty of our members when we do make them loans and and they pay it back and the interest that we earn off of those loans we're able to um, build capital at the credit union. So it's not always just enough. A lot of people say, well, let me move my money and put a little money over there and help them out. But really understand how financial institutions work and how they can be used to benefit the community is is the challenge before us because we're, we're, okay, we should Mr. not Mr. function in, in isolation. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to run out of time. I want to, would like for you to tell us how we can reach the credit union and, and just give us the, the information because we want to make sure that we get people banked banked with the Southside Credit Federal Community Federal Credit Union. So please give us that information before we go off. Absolutely. Your, your Thank you so much. Yeah, so we're on. we're located at 5401 South Wentworth, right off 55th in the Dan Ryan Expressway. Our phone number is 773-548-5500, or visit our website at www.southsidecommunityfcu. Uh, my name is Greg Brown, President and CEO of the Southside Community Federal Credit Union. Again, that phone number is 773-548-5500. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Core Moxie Show. I am Dr. Davida Francois. We're here every other Monday at 11 a.m. And, and we're here to help make sure that we're keeping it Moxie 100. And thank you all for listening. Welcome to Chicago's Black Business Network. Entrepreneurs rock and you know it. Our shout out today is to Mr. Frank Coleman. Frank is associated with Legal Shield and has been for quite some time. And he wanted to know if you've ever needed an attorney and could not afford it. The small monthly payment to Legal Shield is well worth it to be able to pick up the phone and get your questions answered. Visit www.frankcoleman.com. That's frankcoleman.com. School choice. Choice allows parents to select the best educational fit for their children. Almentia Academy is a year-round premier pre-K through 12 online school with a fully accredited STEM curriculum. Almentia Academy has more than 250 courses, including programs for homeschooling, college readiness, and online tutoring. Want the convenience and flexibility of educating your children at home? Then visit us today at almentiaacademy.com, where the learning never stops. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. We're changing the way Chicago communicates with the world. CBBN Business Journals, weekdays at 11 a.m. CST.
The Tough Questions, weekdays at noon. To listen now, visit Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. Sonia Cassandra Perdue, Executive Producer. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you.